and we are loaded on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. This is the podcast all about firearms, the Second Amendment, and all things pertaining thereto, and you already know me. I'm Royce, your host, bringing it to you with both barrels, 100% felt recoil, and no suppressor. If you'd like to be a sponsor of this program, hit me up at patreon.com forward slash shooting straight radio podcast. Uh, you can support the show for as little as $5 a month and get some cool merchandise on top of that. If you need to contact me, if you got a question, a comment, want to talk about a particular thing, hit me up on the Farcebook Shooting Straight Radio podcast page. You can message me there. You can email me directly at royce at shootingstraightradio.com. All right, as I said in the last episode, be prepared for a communist counterstrike. And if I had to name this program, that's exactly what I would call this. Because there's a California communist counterstrike against the Constitution going on right now. I warned you that the totalitarians would not go quietly into that, into that good night and that they would try to mount a counteroffensive. Now, it's really sad when you think about it that we have to fight literally against state governments and our own state government and sometimes the federal government uh, fighting for our rights on a regular basis. But fight we must, because if we're going to preserve our liberties for our posterity, for our children and their children's children, then we have to be in this fight. Not only that, we have to teach our children how to be in the fight and to never trust our government. That is what the entire Constitution is predicated on, is a distrust of the federal government. Like I've said before many times, government is like fire. Actually, I didn't say this. I stole it from George Washington, I think. But government is like a fire. Fire, when controlled, is very useful. And it is a necessary evil. We can cook food with it. We can warm ourselves with it. But if you let it get beyond its prescribed boundaries, maybe past the ring of stones around it in the forest at a campfire, or maybe a fire breaks out in your home where it's not supposed to be, it can wreak major havoc. 
It can destroy a lot. It can destroy an entire forest, hundreds of thousands of acres at a time. It can burn down your house. It can burn down an entire city, as we noticed in the great Chicago fire. So fire, if it's not closely governed, can be a great destroyer. And that's how we need to view government, people. We, the people, must always remember to keep the confines of the Constitution around that fire, that necessary evil known as government. All right, so what is going on out in California? Well, not just California, but many other states. We're going to key on California because they are really, really going all out, and in many cases, outright breaking the law. Not just the Constitution, but the law itself. And I'm going to tell you what's going on with that in a little bit. But the uh, there's an article by Cam Edwards that I uh, pilfered off of BearingArms.com. And the title of it is, Next Up for California, an Ideological Test for Concealed Carry Applicants? Question mark. Well, great question. Remember when I said in the last episode, be ready for them to start attaching many ridiculous, onerous, uh, extreme uh, qualifications in order to apply for a permit to carry. Yep. And that's exactly what's going on now in the communist occupied territory of California, because while they are allegedly adjusting themselves to be in line with the uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin ruling uh, in the Supreme Court last week, they uh, don't think for a second that they're not going to start adding onerous restrictions, which is exactly what they're doing. The state attorney general, who is a, a scumbag communist named Bonta, he has, as the article states, seized on another provision in state law that is uh, so far unaffected by the Bruin decision, and that is providing proof of good moral character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's an excerpt from the article. It says, in guidance sent out to California law enforcement shortly after the Bruin decision was handed down, Attorney General Rob Bonta reminded issuing authorities of the quote-unquote good moral character clause. And as UCLA, UCLA law professor Eugene Volok points out, it appears to endorse an ideological test for those wanting to exercise their Second Amendment right to carry a firearm in self-defense. And here's what Bonta said. Here's his direct quote. He said, existing public carry policies of local law enforcement agencies across the state provide helpful examples of how to apply the good moral character requirement. The Sacramento County Sheriff's Office, for example, currently identifies several potential reasons why a public carry license may be denied or even revoked, which include any arrest in the last five years, regardless of the disposition. Stop right there. What if it was a false arrest? Oh, it doesn't matter. It said regardless of the disposition. So what if you were falsely accused and falsely arrested and then turned loose? It doesn't matter. You were arrested within the last five years, and regardless of the disposition, they are going to cite this good moral character clause and say, nope, 
you've been arrested. Doesn't matter that it was a false arrest. Nope. All that matters is you had the bracelets clicked on and you were hauled down to the station. Or any conviction in the last seven years. Well, that could be a conviction for just about anything. What if it was a speeding ticket? Could they use that against you? Oh, don't think they won't. They'll find any excuse they can to keep you from freely exercising the right you were born with. Or, for that matter, to keep from licensing it back to you. He continues that it is reasonable to consider such factors in evaluating an applicant's proof of the requisite moral character to uh, safely carry firearms in public. And he referenced the Bruin ruling and uh, where um, Clarence Thomas even referenced the law-abiding citizens. Okay, well, we're going to get into this because <laughs> uh, this is going to be flipped right back around on Bonta and many of his fellow communists. Now, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department policy, it currently provides as follows. It says, legal judgments of good moral character can include consideration of honesty, trustworthiness, diligence, reliability, respect for the law, integrity, candor, discretion, observance of fiduciary duty, respect for the rights of others, absence of hatred and racism, fiscal stability, profession, uh, specific criteria such as pledging to honor the Constitution and uphold the law, and the absence of a criminal conviction. Well, I tell you what, Mr. Bonta, how about we apply these same standards to the elected officials who are trying to write these laws? And let's include you in this also, because let's see if you are of good moral character, because if you want to be the judge of good moral character, you yourself should possess good moral character. Would that not be a safe assessment? Hmm. Well, I think so, whether you can answer it or not. It was a rhetorical question. So... How about a uh, consideration of honesty? <laughs> oh my goodness, there goes most of Washington, D.C. and the majority of the California legislature right off the bat. Trustworthiness, uh, again, a hearty belly laugh in your direction, sir. Oh, what about diligence? What about reliability? Respect for the law. Oh, Mr. Bonta, I'm going to bite you on the butt with that one in another in just a few minutes, as a matter of fact, because, um, sir, you willfully and flagrantly violated the law. And I'll tell you more about that when we get to it. We're not there yet. Respect for the law, huh? You can't even respect the supreme law of the land. You can't even respect the Second Amendment. You can't respect the Fourth Amendment. You can't respect the Fourteenth Amendment. You want respect for the law? Let's let's apply it to you first. How about integrity? Oh, yeah, please. Candor, discretion, observance of fiduciary duty, respect for the rights of others. Yep, you're out the window on that one. Absence of hatred and racism. There goes the entire Democrat Communist Party right there. Fiscal, uh, fiscal stability. Mm, yeah, anybody look at California's budget lately and the... Monetary issues they're having? I ask rhetorically again. Profession-specific criteria such as pledging to honor the Constitution and uphold the law. 
my goodness, let's apply this to all of you elected officials out there because none of you would be sitting in office right now. Very few of you, if any. So, Wabanta said that the issuing authorities in the state can not only use personal references from applicants. Now, people, remember I told you before, you watch what you say on Farcebook because they're going to be watching it, and here it is. But they can also scour applicants' social media pages looking for anything that they can point to as a basis of denial. You know what that means? That means they will find even a vague reference to something that they don't like, something that they can twist or misconstrue purposely in order to deny you the license to, you know, exercise your right. Volok says, reading from the article again, the whole scheme sounds unconstitutional to him, not just as a violation of the Second Amendment rights of Californians, but as an infringement of the First Amendment rights as well. Well, that is entirely true. The government cannot restrict ordinary citizens' actions, still with the article here, much less their constitutionally protected actions based on the viewpoints that they express. People cannot be denied benefits because they, one, endorse hatred. You know, that's a pretty vague term. I mean, we... Uh, constitutionalists are accused of hatred. If we're conservatives, if we're uh, biblically-minded people, we're accused of bigotry and hatred. Mm-hmm. So that's a potentially extra, extra, extraordinarily broad and vague term. And racism, uh, that's a term that's been used a lot lately, especially against conservatives. Uh, by the way, all of you uh, pro-Trumpers out there, and yes, I voted for them too, uh, twice, um, you realize that they say anybody that votes for him is a racist. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're setting the criteria here, they can call you whatever they want and then deny you the free exercise of your right because they won't license it back to you. So if you put a pro-Trump uh, post on your social media page, they can let, yep, you're a racist. Well, no, no, I'm not. Well, if you endorse Trump, you're a racist. You're a white supremacist, as a matter of fact. And you're an insurrectionist. Mm-hmm. Don't think they won't do it. It's going to happen. I promise you. Uh, just because someone endorses views that members of the license issuing authority don't like, that should not be grounds for them dismissing or, 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 or revoking or denying a permit. And first of all, it shouldn't be permitted anyway, but I'll talk more about that later in the program. Uh, what about re- religious views that they don't like? Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, the government of California is rabidly anti-Christ, anti-Christian. Uh, what about opinions of the government that they might you know, find objectionable? Because I've got a lot of opinions of the government, including the government of California, that uh, definitely they would find objectionable because I find what they do and the things they say and do and their infringements of our rights very objectionable. Oh, uh, what about, well, what if you hold an opinion on abortion that they disagree with? Don't think for a second that they're not going to apply this good moral character statute, or it's not even a statute, it's a, it's a, a, a criteria. Don't think they won't apply it as broadly as possible. 
I promise you that's exactly what they're going to do. Don't you think otherwise? So, um, one more thing I want to pull out of this article it says, while Justice Thomas's opinion did not cast doubt on suitability requirements as they are practiced in three states, he did make it clear that any policy that has the effect of depriving the average law-abiding citizen from being able to carry a firearm in most places for the purposes of self-defense is a violation of their Second Amendment rights. And his writing and what he actually penned in the opinion was, he said, because any permitting scheme can be put toward abusive ends. We do not rule out constitutional challenges to shall-issue regimes, where, for example, lengthy wait times in processing license applications or exorbitant fees deny ordinary citizens their right to public carry. Let me read that to you one more time. He say, he's very clearly saying because any permitting scheme can be used abusively, we're not ruling out any further constitutional challenges that may come to our desk, that may come to our court, uh, especially in these, even in the shall issue regimes where lengthy wait times are definitely employed by the, the licensing authorities and ridiculous fees are attached to the permitting process. So remember, I, I referenced in the episode last week, or actually a couple of days ago, uh, about the Marbury versus Madison decision and the Shuttlesworth versus Alabama, where it flat out the Supreme Court said no state may, may convert a liberty into a privilege and charge a fee for a license, therefore. And yet, that is exactly what the state of California is doing, the state of New York, many other states besides them, and yes, including sunny Florida here where I live. And it's wrong. Why have we not taken up a court case against this? And people, I'm going to say this again. What we need to do is find a, what's, I don't know, a clearinghouse or some sort of fund and a fund needs to be created and put under the supervision of some very reputable people like GOA or the Second Amendment Foundation or the Firearms Policy Coalition or all three of them and tell them, we're going to donate into this fund and you use it as you see fit to bring these lawsuits. I would gladly pledge $20 a month. And you think, you just think. If how many other million, there's at least 120 million gun owners in America alone, okay? Just even if you did that within your own state, I know for a fact there's over 2 million concealed carry permit holders alone here in Florida, and many people don't even have a permit, but they own firearms. I'm willing to bet there's several million concealed carriers here in Florida. What if we all just had them, but had a, uh, a $20 a month donation that was automatically withdrawn from a credit card or something put into this fund where these attorneys could bring these suits as readily as they needed to do and just just keep the pressure on them because that's what it's going to take. And especially, I'm going to tell you right now, the SCOTUS decision was a godsend to the Second Amendment, and it provides a beautiful catalyst and a great foundation for more of these lawsuits. 
Now, remember, and I was just talking a few minutes ago about Mr. Bonta and his good moral character requirements uh, there in California and how he thinks they ought to be applied. Um, remember that one of the things or several of the things in there was uh, honesty, reliability, trustworthiness, respect for the law, integrity. Yes, respect for the rights of others. Um Professional specific criteria such as pledging to honor uh, uh, the Constitution and uphold the law. You remember that? Well, I tell you what, if we applied that to Mr. Bonta right now, not only would he be thrown out of office, uh, frankly, what he has done recently to California concealed carriers, he has violated the law and has committed an arrest worthy offense in a major big way. And I'll tell you about that when we come back from this brief commercial break, hear from the sponsors of this program. And by the way, the links to all of my sponsors are on all the podcast pages, the individual episode pages. You can click on them there and go right to their websites and see the goods and services they offer. And so we'll be right back. And don't go anywhere because you know what's going to happen. I will make one phone call to Captain Rob and he will gather up his listener retention squad and he'll come pay you a visit. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, you don't want that. Be right back. Stick around. Hey, y'all. Rock and Rock and in here. I'd like to take a second and thank you all for supporting Royce and the Shooting Straight podcast. Uh, I've known the man for a number of years now. Advertised on the show for... Oh, basically ever since I met the man. And uh, don't think that we, and he doesn't appreciate the support that you give him. As you all know, I am a licensed gun dealer. So if you're looking for firearms, you need to sell some, like to trade some, you can reach me at 561-445-0429, either by calling me or texting me. Inventory's pretty good right now. Something else I'd like to say is, you know it, I know it, everybody with a brain knows it. Some just don't feel quite right right now. Trust your gut, folks. Take care of each other. And never forget, taxation is theft. Sigurman, godfather of the Dirty Hippie Mafia. The American Police Hall of Fame. Proud sponsors of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Who are we? We are the keepers of the history of individual law enforcement officers. We are a facility that honors the fallen and supports their families. We are a training facility that teaches civilians how to be their own first responder. We are a venue that offers free tactical and strategic training for sworn officers. We are a great place to visit and learn. Go to aphf.org to find out more. The Shooting Straight Radio Podcast is proudly sponsored in part by The Gun Sight in Merritt Island with a nine-lane, 25-yard indoor shooting range, handgun and machine gun rentals, a fully stocked gun store with plenty of long guns, handguns, ammunition, and accessories to choose from. They're your one-stop shop in Merritt Island for all things necessary to responsibly exercise your Second Amendment right. Check them out at gunsightrange.com or stop by in person at 125 South Banana River Drive. And make sure you tell them that you heard about the gunsight 
on the Shooting Straight Radio Podcast. Freedom Guns in Rockledge, just north of Rockledge High School, on the opposite side of the road, 1255 Florida Avenue, Suite A. You can check them out at freedom-guns.com. And better yet, just stop in there in person and meet Mike and his son, Mike, and Dennis and the rest of the crew out there. Got a great selection of handguns, long guns, ammunition, accessories, holsters, magazines. What are you looking for? Mike and the boys got you covered out there at Freedom Guns. If you need a nice big Liberty safe to stow all them guns in, well, he offers those too. He's got a floor full of them out there you can look at. And he offers free delivery and installation. Again, check them out at freedom-guns.com. When you stop down there or if you're out of state and you call and maybe order a gun from him and have it shipped to your dealer, make sure you tell him you heard about him on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Yes, huge thank yous to the sponsors of this program. Rockin' Rod Rao, the godfather of the Dirty Hippie Mafia and his company, Sigerman, the American Police Hall of Fame, Gunsight in Merritt Island, and Freedom Guns in Rockledge. Thank you, guys. I, re- I sincerely appreciate your continued support and sponsorship of this program. All right, now back to California, where the communist counterstrike is going on full bore, full blast. Uh, the counterstrike against the Supreme Court decision that took place a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, several days ago, whatever. Um, and uh, California communists are going full bore now against this. They are doing their best to fight against the Supreme law by passing a lot more other, you know, some of their laws. And not only that, they are violating laws, especially Mr. Attorney General Rob Bonta. Now, many of you know what doxing is. That's where you release personal information about somebody that could be used against them by criminals. And in California, it is a serious crime that you can be punished uh, by up to one year in jail, uh, probation, and $1,000 in fines per instance. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Mr. Bonta doxed all of the CCW holders in California because a data portal was unveiled by California Attorney General Rob Bonta at his office and it essentially allowed users to, to access the personal and the very confidential information of all the concealed carry permit holders in the state of Florida. Now, again, think about how many people he doxed. Each one of those carries a potential uh, sentence of a year in jail and $1,000 in fines, not to mention probation after the sentencing. Now, makes you wonder, how many concealed carry permit holders are there in California? I mean, this could be some pretty serious stuff right here. And so I couldn't help myself. I had to look it up. And guess what? 70,593 concealed carriers times $1,000 and one year in jail. The man will be sitting in jail for life, and if he is reincarnated and comes back, they're going to stuff him right back in the penitentiary. Yes. 
So he purposely did this against concealed carry permit holders only. Think about this. Part part of the article states just days after last week's uh, Bruin ruling was released, Attorney General Rob Bonta's new data portal made public uh, the personal data of every concealed carry holder in the state, including driver's license numbers, addresses, and much more. Those impacted include law enforcement officers, judges, and anyone else who has chosen to legally arm themselves for self-defense, like rape and domestic victim, uh, domestic, domestic violence victims. Excuse me. As of this email, which is what I'm reading from, the AG's office has not formally responded to the breach or provided any information on it, uh, on if it has been fully controlled or even who was impacted. The timing of the breach coming as Governor Newsom, A.G. Bonta, and others scramble to thwart the Second Amendment rights roundly affirmed by the Supreme Court last week is suspicious at the very least. Oh, it's not just suspicious. It's been proven that he did it now. And he needs to go to jail. He needs to be perp-walked out of the A.G.'s office in handcuffs. Matter of fact, go ahead and tase him a couple of times, too, just for good measure. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's been a couple of people that started a Reddit thread on this, and they were talking about being able to find other people's, not to mention their own, information through this data portal. Wow. So, the dashboard... Uh, back to the, I'm going to read a portion of the email. With today's announcement, Attorney General Bonta is improving accessibility... I'm sorry, this was a release from the uh, Attorney General's office. Attorney General Bonta is improving accessibility and functionality of the existing firearms database with expanded information in a comprehensive data dashboard. The dashboard includes data from the past decade when available on the following subjects. Dealer record of sales. So he's not just doxing the concealed carry permit holders, the 70,000 plus. He is also doxing gun dealers and gun purchasers, even if they don't have the carry permit. Gun violence restraining orders, carry uh, concealed carry weapons permits, firearm safety certificates, owners of assault weapons, roster of certified handguns. Are you, are you getting what's being put down here right now? This man is a criminal. And he's the attorney general of the state of California. And he has committed 70,000 plus, actually more now that we know it's not just concealed carriers. It's also just people who bought a gun and didn't get the carry permit. So how many millions could that be? Quite a few. This man needs to be sitting in jail right now. And of course, yeah, I'm going to hold my breath. That's really, really going to happen. Wow. So this is quite a counter assault being performed by the communists in California. And not only that, there's an article out of Ammo Land where it says basically California ignores the Supreme Court uh, decision and pushes gun control anyway. And so this is their counter is to counter the Supreme law with a bunch of their laws that 
definitely run contrary to the spirit and the letter of the Supreme Law. So here's the article from Ammo Land. It says, Last week, the United States Supreme Court handed down a huge victory for gun owners, confirming what has been known all along, that the Second Amendment is not a second-class right and should not be treated as such. However, the the California legislature is continuing their quest to completely undermine this inherent right to self-defense. Further, in the wake of California, uh, California Attorney General Uh, Bonta issuing a legal alert in response to the Supreme Court decision that issuing authorities can no longer uh, require good cause for concealed carry permits. He is simultaneously amending a bill that would be Senate Bill 918 in the state legislature to completely undermine uh, carry permits in California. Tomorrow, three policy committees will hear anti-gun bills. Three additional bills, SB 915, 1327, and 1384, are now eligible for votes on the Assembly floor after advancing from the Assembly Appropriations Committee last week. The bills on the Senate floor are still eligible for votes at any time. Okay, now here's one that was uh, put before the committee uh, on June 28th at 8 a.m. Okay, so this was just... Literally just a couple of days after the the Supreme Court Bruin ruling. Senate Bill 105, oh, I'm sorry, 505, introduced by Senator Nancy Skinner, a Democrat communist, makes a person who owns a firearm strictly civilly liable for each incident of property damage, bodily injury, or death resulting from the use of the firearm. And they put it very broadly, so it could also include the perpetrator you might have to shoot to defend yourself and or your family. Because you notice she's not making any differentiation between them. Additionally, The legislation requires a firearm owner to obtain and continuously maintain, uh, I'm sorry, to obtain and continuously maintain insurance as well as keep evidence of this coverage with the firearm at all times. So you remember what they were doing in San Jose? Now they want to do it to the entire state. Mm -hmm. What did I say? They're going to pile onerous criteria upon anybody wanting to lease their right back from the state of California. Now, and one hour later on the same day, the Assembly Public Safety Committee, uh, introduced by Senator Anthony Portantino, also a Democrat, shocking, Senate Bill 918 in committee, uh, will be amended to defy the recent Supreme Court ruling placing significant reforms to California's existing concealed carry laws. The amendments are expected to greatly reduce places where people can lawfully carry. Didn't I tell you that was going to happen? Yep, because New York's already talking about it too. Now, the uh, <clears throat> Senate bill, a uh, Senate Public Safety Assembly bill at 9 a.m. same day, introduced by Assembly member Mark Levine, a Democrat uh, out of the 10th District, was gutted and amended to contain language from Assembly Bill 1223. It places an excise tax of 10% on the sale uh, sale price of handguns and places 11% excise tax on the sale price of all long guns, rifles, 
firearm precursor parts, and ammunition. These taxes are, de- are to be collected from California retailers and placed in a newly created fund for appropriation by the state legislature. Uh, that's what's known as a slush fund. They're taking money for no other reason than to make it more difficult for people to lease their right back and freely exercise it by putting a 10% tax on all handguns, 11% on all rifles, and uh, shotguns, and firearm precursor parts, and ammunition. Let that sink in, people. They're trying to put it beyond the reach of the average citizen, much like the National Firearms Act did uh, back in 1934. See, they didn't outlaw machine guns and silencers and all that stuff. They just taxed them out of reach. Well, that's what's going on here. Now, Assembly Bill 2870, introduced by Assemblymember Miguel Santiago, uh, District 53, that sounds familiar, expands California's gun violence restraining order to allow additional reporters, in other words, additional people who can... uh, narc you out and rat you out and get a GVRO issued against you, a gun violence restraining order, also colloquially known as red flags, uh, to now include, here we go, faith leaders, so your pastor can rat you out, roommates, dating partners. So if you have an argument with a roommate, well, they can say, "Well, now you're scaring me. Your voice got a little elevated there, and uh, I'm a little, I'm in fear for my safety, and I don't feel comfortable staying here in this place any longer unless you. I know you don't have any guns. Don't think it won't happen. Uh, dating partners. Okay, what is a dating partner? How many dates do you have to go on with somebody for it to be a dating partner? One. One would do it, wouldn't it? Okay." So that means somebody, if they wanted to, could pretend to be, uh, uh, pretend to want to go out with you, but deep down inside know that you're a gun owner. And they could literally, if they wanted to, and don't think this won't happen, okay? Pretend to be a good conservative person and then get into an argument with you purposely or, you know, pick a fight with you. And then use that as a basis to file a GVRO against you. Uh, watch and see, people, it's going to happen. Oh, also, additional family members. Out to the fourth level of consanguinity. Sanguinity. Consanguinity. Okay, I'm trying to sound these words out. Maybe my reading is suffering a little bit. But you know, that, you know, what, the, you know what that means, right? That means that could be anybody from a first cousin-in-law all the way out to a great-great-grandparent. How do you like that? Well, also, Senate Bill 915, introduced by Senator Dave Min, District 37, uh, bans state officers or employees, operators, lessees, or licensees from entering into any agreement to allow for the sale of any firearm, firearm precursor parts, or ammunition on property that is owned, leased, occupied, or operated by the state. Uh, What that translates into, they're trying to shut down gun shows. Okay. Uh, Senate Bill 1327, introduced by Senator Robert uh, Hertzberg, also a Democrat communist. Shocking that all of these come from Democrats. Uh-huh. 
uh, creates a private right of action that allows individuals to file civil suits against anyone who manufactures, distributes, transports, sells, or imports firearms that are banned in California, as well as a precursor firearm part. Uh, Current law already allows for remedies for illegal activities by firearms dealers and manufacturers, but they decided they want to take it to the extra mile, the extra, the nth degree, to where there's going to be a bunch of junk suits levied against dealers in California. Why? Because they want to strip the residents of California of their right to keep and bear arms, and not just the right, but they want to strip them of their arms too. Lastly, Senate Bill 1384, another one introduced by Senator Dave Min, Democrat communist out of District 37, uh, says, as amended, requires all licensed firearms dealers to have a digital video surveillance system meeting certain standards and to have general liability insurance coverage of at least $1 million. Okay. Of course, they don't say what the standards are. But I absolutely assure you that those standards will be, oh man, so high and literally unattainable unless you want to spend lots and lots and lots of money. Why? Because they also want to ding firearms retailers. They want to ding their wallets and ding their bank accounts and and basically oppress the retail market of firearms there in the state of California. Okay. Are you getting the picture now? So this is the communist, the California communist counter assault, counter strike there in, uh, against the constitution there in California. Uh, Miss Hochul is going to be doing the same thing in New York. It will also be happening in New Jersey because Go- governor Smurphy there, that filthy godless communist He is signing more draconian gun control bills there very soon. Uh, We don't have time to talk about them all right here, right now. But I want to reference now to counter everything we we just read. The standards that Justice Thomas used in his opinion in the SCOTUS ruling, okay? Because this is very important. Pay close attention here. One of the things Justice Thomas referenced as he was giving his opinion was a three-word phrase, and that was text and history. And that was the standard that he used in his majority opinion. And not just him, but other justices also. So what he was saying is you have to look at the text of the amendment that codifies the right. And look at the history of the free exercise of that right. Don't look at the history of the regulation of it and the prohibition of it, because you. you let's let, let me just just throw this out here, okay? How can licensing a right back to anyone in the citizenry pass the text and history standard? Show me in the Second Amendment where it says the government may uh, license your right back to you. Uh, To the contrary, it says you shall not infringe it. Infringe also means hinder or to delay. 
So what are you doing? Well, if you're forcing someone to get a license, you are delaying the free exercise of their right. You are hindering it by adding restrictions to it. The text of the Second Amendment is very, very plain. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I don't know how much plainer you can get just with going with the text of it. But also the history of the right to keep and bear arms, the history of uh, the free exercise of the right is also very well established, just as well established as the text itself. And matter of fact, there are 23 states within the union here now, actually 22 of them out of the 23, recently corrected themselves within just the last few years and realigned their carry laws with the, uh, his, the very historical hit interpretation of the Second Amendment within the Constitution. So they brought themselves back into constitutional compliance. Now, on this basis alone, all states that currently illegally license the right of the people to keep and bear arms should be sued into constitutional compliance because they can easily point and say, look, there are 23 states that saw the error of their ways and they willfully of their own volition brought themselves into constitutional compliance and then use the Bruin decision here to really drive it home and drive the net, that last nail in the coffin, use the Bruin decision as their foundation for the suit. Pointing to this very phrase, text and history, text and history. So I believe this could easily be the catalyst for many more Second Amendment lawsuits. And apparently Justice Thomas uh, brought that out in his opinion because he says, uh, we expect more. Uh, we're, we're totally open to more of them. And we, you know, kind of anticipating them. Now, Miss Governor Hochul on a recent talk show, as I brought out in a, uh, I think the last podcast or podcast before, she started talking about tradition and regulation, the tradition of regulation and licensing and stuff like that, pointing to 111 years worth of infringement tradition and saying, well, that tradition gives it uh viability. That tradition alone gives it credibility. That tradition alone gives us the right to continue with the infringement. Bull fertilizer, Miss Hochul. Even if history reveals a long standing tradition of regulation and or prohibition of any particular liberty, as she declared, does this not mean that it cannot be rightly considered a constitutionally recognized right if those infringements are allowed to stand. It turns the Constitution on its head. It turns the principle of rights and upholding and defending those rights on its head. If you say, well, uh, we know it's a right and we know it's recognized in our supreme law, but you know what? They've been, they've been infringing it now for 111 years. We kind of got to let them keep going. You see how silly that sounds? If you have to lease permission from the state to exercise any of your rights, 
then how could they possibly be construed as rights at all? They're not. They're niceties. They're platitudes. That's all they are. And you have to lease it back. If you have to lease it back, it's not a right. When governments illegally usurp regulatory power over a right, they are essentially illegally declaring that they do not recognize your rights and that the only way they're going to recognize it is if you pay them a fee. And until then, you may not do so freely. You may not freely exercise the right. We don't recognize it until you pay us. That, my friends, is a crime. That's exactly what it is. And that's why this Bruin decision is such a godsend to groups like GOA, Second Amendment uh, Foundation, and the Firearms Policy Coalition. And if you're not members of these groups, become members of these groups. They are kicking butt with, you know, for your rights and in your name. You be part of it. You pour some of your money into them, even if it's only 10 bucks a month. Well, how about five bucks a month? Something. Make a regular donation to these groups. Join them. Let your membership fees be used to fight the good fight. Because people, I'm going to tell you right now, this decision gives us a lot of ammo to go after all of the infringers, not only on the state level, but literally on the federal level, this has the implication to be taken back all the way to the NFA of 1934 if we really want to push it. My question to you is, how bad do you want to push it? How far you want to take it back? Or are you okay with, oh, some infringement? I'm not. I'm not at all. Join me in the fight. Join GOA. Join Firearms Policy Coalition. Join the Second Amendment Foundation. And let's start kicking some butt. We've got them on the ropes. And they're doing, excuse me, they're throwing counter punches. They're throwing counter strikes. And they're throwing up all kinds of smoke screens trying to uh, counter strike this constitutional ruling. We can't let them do it. All right. Let's go forth and conquer and kick some butts. Keep your powder dry. Keep your head on a swivel. Keep in contact with your representatives. Join GOA. Join Firearms Policy Coalition. Join the Second Amendment Foundation. Keep your gun loaded. Keep your powder dry. Never forget, incoming rounds always have the right of way. Royce out. So turn it on.